Hello, my praying people. It is summer in Tennessee and um, probably summer where you are as well. I am so excited about what we have planned for you this summer. I've partnered up with two friends, Diane Nix of a ministry called Contagious Joy for Him and Jackie Garner who is the great podcast host of the podcast called the Pastor Wife Life Podcast. And together, the three of us are going to um, do a series of podcast episodes based on my book, Spiritual Warfare for Women, and the five smooth stones that I talk about in Spiritual Warfare for Women. We are looking forward to doing this. We're looking forward to diving in, to telling you how to how to fight and to win your spiritual battles and how God has already equipped us with everything we need in order not only to win, but just to um, advance and to have victory in our lives, in our churches, in our communities. Just going to be a great summer. Let's just say it's going to be a great summer. So let me tell you um, real quick about several things. One is, you can purchase my book, Spiritual Warfare for Women, online, really anywhere books are sold. Um, you can learn more about Jackie at um, the Pastor Wife Life podcast, and you can learn more about Diane and her ministry at Contagious Joy for Him. I'll be I'm sure talking about their ministries a lot more as we get going in this summer series. But I also wanted to let you know that next week on Thursday, June the 24th at noon central time, I will be hosting a Zoom meeting live that you can join us and be a part of. And in this live Zoom meeting, I'm going to talk specifically about how you can start the prayer clinic ministry in your church, the benefits of that, and how having the prayer clinic will really mobilize your church to pray. As you all know, I'm passionate about prayer, and I'm really passionate about getting our churches to pray. So um, join me next Thursday at noon central time live on Zoom. You can sign up for this. You have to, you need to register so you'll get the link and you can sign up for our Zoom webinar meeting um, at my website at prayerclinic.com and just register for the webinar. Even if you can't make it at noon on Thursday, Go ahead and sign up because I will send you a recording of our meeting. Now, you may not be the person in your church that would um, be somebody that would start a prayer clinic at your church. However, most likely God's got somebody in your church who is very passionate about prayer. And I would be indebted to you if you would share this, well, share the podcast with them, but also share this opportunity with them. Just send them a link to my website, prayerclinic.com, and they can sign up and learn more about how they can um, create further a great culture of prayer in their church. So webinar next Thursday, the 24th, starting a great series this summer called Five Smooth Stones. You can read the accompanying book. I promise you'll enjoy it. In fact, it's the only book on spiritual warfare where we talk about skinny dipping. All right, with no more said, let me roll us right on in to introducing you to my friends Jackie and Diane and get started on this exciting um, summer series.
this collaborative podcast project from three podcasters, I am here with two of my favorite people in the whole world, <laughs> Diane Nix and Leanne McCoy. They, they, I don't know how, they must've been desperate, but they invited me to be a part of this conversation for this summer series. I think it is a groundbreaking idea for podcasts and this is going to be so good. I'm so excited for you to be a part of this conversation for the next eight weeks. We're going to be chatting about spiritual warfare and I cannot wait. It's going to be so good. It's going to be practical. It's going to be, you're going to get some new truths about spiritual warfare that maybe you've never heard before. And I can't wait to get into it. But before we do that, I want you to get to know Diane and Leanne. So Leanne, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes, I would be glad to. And um, I was just thinking, Jackie, as you were introducing this, that I guess we could call ourselves syndicated podcasters now, because yes. like doesn't syndicated mean that it's like on several channels. Totally. So <laughs> we're now syndicated. I'm all for that. That? <laughs> so I'm Leanne McCoy, and um, I am actually honored, Jackie, that you would join us in this endeavor and I'm looking so forward to it. I um, am living in Thompson Station, Tennessee. My husband is the senior pastor at Thompson Station Church, and I serve on the church staff as the prayer minister there. Um, but not only that, I have through the years developed a prayer ministry that I'm very passionate about called the prayer clinic ministry. And my goal and my passion in life is to mobilize our churches to pray. And so through the prayer clinic ministry, we're doing just that one prayer clinic at a time as we're birthing prayer clinics and churches all over. We are mobilizing our church to pray because we totally believe that when we work, we work, but when we pray, God works, which segues perfectly into our whole subject of spiritual warfare. And I'm going to pass the baton on this syndicated relay race we're doing here to Diane, <laughs> my good friend, who's also going to talk to us about what she does, what her passion is, and um, so you can get to know her. Well, it's my pleasure to join both of you. I admire you both very, very much. And what you both do and what you bring to the table in the kingdom of God. And mm. I'm Diane Nix, and I'm the founder and director of a ministry that is a nonprofit called Finishing the Work Incorporated. My husband and I established that nonprofit several years ago, but the most active part of Finishing the Work is Contagious Joy for Him. And it's contagiousjoyforhim.com, where we minister to the ministry wife. We give them uh, weekly uh, emails to encourage their hearts. We uh, do, and mostly what we do is we meet with them uh, through refresh retreats where we give them three days and three nights to come away to rest and to be restored, uh, refueled, uh, refreshed uh, in their spirit and just be with other like-minded women where we focus on the very thing um, uh, that we don't do very much in all three of us doing this podcast or ministry wise, we don't focus on ourselves very much at all. And we're usually just pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. And hence, uh, and thus we are doing the syndicated podcast right now for a spiritual world <laughs> right. because we didn't have anything else to do. So, right. right. Exactly. <laughs> but we all three, I think can agree that we want to, um, 
across the finish line with our ears pinned back to our heads. So my husband is a professor of evangelism and preaching at uh, my denominations, uh, one of my denomination seminaries. And uh, we were in senior pastorate for over 21 years in two churches in Texas and Oklahoma. And um, we just love what we're doing. In fact, right now we're at a church where we're an interim uh, pastor and wife, and we um, are hoping to help the church heal and be ready for their next pastor in the next little while. And uh, loving, loving being in that place right now in uh, central Louisiana. And we are located uh, just north of New Orleans, about 45 minutes in Covington, Louisiana. So that's a little bit about me. So I can't wait to dive into this subject. I've been teaching on this for a long, long time. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions about it. And uh, we don't, in my denomination, we don't talk about it very much. So I'm excited to be able to open this up and unpack this. And so glad that Leanne, as a good friend of mine, would say, how can we do this? Yeah. Yeah. Because I love talking about spiritual warfare so much. (laughs) Let's just go ahead and dive in and just just so grateful. Yeah, let's, let's do it. I mean, spiritual warfare, some people probably heard this topic and they're like, yeah, nah, no, I don't think so. This is, that's right. for the crazy, that's for the crazy people, like where Jackie comes from, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but spiritual warfare, I, I mean, I'm a mom right there that, that, that opens up a door for spiritual warfare in your home right there. I mean, I'm married, been married for 31 years spiritual warfare has definitely impacted my life. And I'm a pastor's wife of 31 years as well. So we've seen a lot of stuff in this. We've seen a lot of stuff just this morning as we've been trying to make this happen. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. It's uh, been an hour and 20 minutes since our assigned uh, meeting time. And we're just now getting rolling because we've had technical (laughs) difficulties that I've never had at uh, where I'm recording right now. So spiritual warfare is real. And real. I, I'm, I'm excited to to get these truths shared out there so that women can grab a hold of of the promise because it, it's not scary. Spiritual warfare is not a scary thing. So uh-huh. let's let's talk about what what it is. What is spiritual warfare? How do you define it? Okay. Well, I'll jump in there to what First um, Peter four twelve he said to us, beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you which comes upon you for your testing as though some strange thing were happening to you. And the reason I like that verse is he's reminding us that spiritual warfare, like you were saying, it's not scary and it's also not strange. It's very ordinary as a child of God to be confronted with spiritual warfare. So um, Diane, you probably have on the tip of your tongue, like a wonderful concise definition of what (laughs) spiritual warfare is. Do you? I really don't, but here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. It is real, no matter what anyone else says to you. And I, you know, sometimes in my journey as being a ministry wife, I, um, and even in the world that we're living in today, spiritual warfare, sometimes um, in the American church, we have educated ourselves out of the fact that that supernatural stuff happens around us all the time. And we don't want to give him, he, you know, as God gets blamed for a lot, sometimes the devil gets blamed for a lot. Mm -hmm. And as I was growing up, there was a show um, that starred Flip Wilson and uh, a comedian. And he would say, the devil made me do it. 
And Mm -hmm. we kind of look at the devil as being a guy that has either a wreck. We don't believe in him. Uh, I think there's a huge percentage of uh, millennials that don't believe in a literal devil. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to find that, uh, that percentage and I'll try to quote it in a little while, but I think it's spiritual warfare is any supernatural activity that, uh, is working against the perfect will of God. Okay. Yeah. Any demonic supernatural activity that's working against the perfect will of God. Well, and I feel, I, I tend, I want to, uh, piggyback onto that, that, at the core of the battle is the purposes of God um, prevailing and those purposes that are being opposed by the um, agenda that Satan has. So it's Satan trying to disrupt and interrupt the purposes of God. And even though we we certainly know that um, it's not a, it's not a battle of two equal and opposing forces at all, because God is creator. Satan is created. We can get into the nuts and bolts of that later, but, um, but Satan is very crafty. He's, he's um, honed in and developed strategies that will, that will work. And so the ultimate victory in spiritual battle is for the child of God to profane or to, to declare the name of God and, and not just God's name. It's like the character of God. And so when we mm-hmm. are, are yielding our lives to Christ, I was actually talking to my 10 year old granddaughter just yesterday about what it means to be a Christian. It's more than just asking Jesus to forgive your sins. I said, you got to decide if you're ready to make that exchange of letting him be the boss of you. Like, are you ready for him to be Lord? And she's like, well, what does that mean? And I said, well, at this point, it means reading the Bible. And she said, and doing what it says. And I said, yeah, that's basically what it means. And so when we- That's a good word right there. Yeah. When we set ourselves apart to be God's child, And when we make that a public proclamation through our baptism and our testimony, then the world begins to peek up and watch and say, okay, then the the name of God, the glory of God is demonstrated by how we show up in the world. And it's what we do with the things that come our way that either profane or proclaim the name of the Lord. And so we're, we are the targets for attack because the devil is always looking for an opportunity to profane the name of the Lord. He wants to, he wants to mar it. He wants to, to scribble it out. He wants to make God seem to be something he's not. And, and he can use us to do that. So, and in piggybacking on that with you, just coming, coming back on and jumping on that is this, I've often said that uh, many times we believe that, uh, that we can believe that there is a God and a creator and that Jesus is his son and that he has died for our sins and that, Um, there is a supernatural realm around us. We have angels. Billy Graham has a quote for that that we can talk about in just a little bit, but Mm -hmm. we have a hierarchy. We are very, very clearly stated in scripture about Michael, the archangel, um, who, where Satan came from, that he was a created being. He's the most beautiful angel that was created. We, we have all of that in scripture. And yet we, we see the hierarchy on, on the good side. God's side, but yes. we have a problem understanding that when Satan came, it's, it's the same message uh, since the beginning of time, since the garden where, where 
the whole goal of the enemy was to cause us to doubt the character of God, which is just what you just mm-hmm. said. Mm-hmm. Because the questions that he asked Eve, did he really, really say? say? Yeah. God is holding yeah. out on us. And so yeah. if he can cause us as a people and as leaders in ministry, because I minister to ministry wives, you guys are dealing with leaders. If you're, if you're leading in prayer, if you are, um, you, you know, uh, Jackie, you have a huge Facebook page of all these ministry wives. If he can mm-hmm. get us to doubt the character and nature of God, mm-hmm. and he has a hierarchy, he wants to obliterate God's presence yeah. and God's promises in our life he doesn't Mm -hmm. just want to cause us just to doubt him he wants Mm -hmm. to completely obliterate them Mm -hmm. and so i i love this quote i'm going to go ahead and use this it's Mm -hmm. uh, from lydia maria child who was an american author from 1802 to 1880 and i think that if we can grasp this this will help us as we begin to unpack what spiritual warfare is the reality of spiritual warfare this is what she said she wrote over 200 years ago listen to this it is right and noble to fight with wickedness and wrong the mistake is in supposing that spiritual evil can be overcome by physical means Mm. now just let that settle in for a second so many times what we do is we do what ephesians 4 27 says is that we give the devil an opportunity. We Hmm. invite him. We we don't lay aside our falsehood. We get angry. Look around us, girls. Look around us right now in the body of Christ. We devour one another. Mm. We devour one another on social media because we don't all agree on the same things. And in verse 26 of Ephesians 4.27, it says, or 4.20, Ephesians 4, verse 26 says, be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Verse 27, and do not give the devil an opportunity. Wow. For me, that sums up where I'm living right now, where I'm, what I'm watching on social media, what I'm watching in our churches. Um, the devil is having a heyday and we're allowing him to do it. We just have to look around us as to whether or not the spiritual warfare is real. Just look up, look around. There is a supernatural force that is delighting and causing great separation. Definitely. And I think it's more prevalent right now than it. It's more in our face right now than it ever has been. It's always been there. Uh, He's always, and and really the enemy has not changed his tactics at all. Mm -hmm. But, and if we have seen anything in the last, since January of 2020, I mean, the world has gone mad. Mm-hmm. And if we can't see that the, the spiritual warfare is behind it, I mean, come on, it's real. It's yeah. real. I mean, it is right. impacting us, our personal lives individually, not just the big saints of that, you know, the big celebrity saints that we hear about. And it's not something that was just for the old days. It's here. It's now, and it's impacting us as, as women, as moms, as ministry wives, whoever we are, it's impacting us because the enemy loves to take out, especially families. And so the heart of the family is women. Mm-hmm. It, it's real. And we just have to recognize that. So what are some ways, what are some ways, what are your guys' thoughts on how it impacts us today? Wow. Go ahead, Leanne. 
There's, um, as you were talking, I was thinking, I've written two books. I should have said this in the intro, but I've written two books on the subject of spiritual warfare, one called Spiritual Warfare for Women, and the other one called Spiritual Warfare for Your Family. And in Spiritual Warfare for Women, I I, I just want to say this, and then we'll talk about specifics, but I wrote a, a sentence, and as it like came out on the page in the context of the manuscript when I was working on it, it just was flowing. But since then, I've pulled it off that page and quoted it many, many times. But it says, every attack from the enemy brings with it an invitation from the heart and hand of God, a divine invitation from the heart and the hand of God to know by experience what love does. And for me, that's important at the front end of a discussion about spiritual warfare, because we are, we've already established that we are going to be the target for attack. The battle is real. And what I think we want to remember is as women of God, as pastor's wives, as, as mothers, as wives, as daughters, when the attacks come, not it filtered through whatever that attack is. The devil is still subject to the sovereignty of God and it filtered through the, the hand of God. And therefore it's an opportunity. And so what's beautiful about it is you're not just trying to survive, but you're also being given the opportunity to experience a new characteristic, a new power of God that you might not have known before. That's so hard to keep in mind. So here's a specific in my, in my own life, what happened now. And this is, um, things happen to all of us all the time, just stuff happens. But when it's being used for the purpose of tearing away at your faith so that you'll begin profaning God's name, and when the timing of it um, sets itself up to try to stop um, something that God's doing. I'll give you a for instance. I started writing that book, Spiritual Warfare for Women, in March of 2010. The week I signed the contract with the publisher, I was diagnosed with colon cancer. I was young, way younger than I am now. (laughs) I was young to have colon cancer. I was also um, not a candidate. Typically colon cancer is a hereditary cancer. It's less than 1% chance that anybody that doesn't have it in their genetics somewhere would ever get it. I was not a candidate. I was not even a health issue candidate. I didn't have the, you know, the, the health issues that would lean toward that. So it was out of left field the week I signed the contract to write the book, Spiritual Warfare for Women. And so it was, it's just cancer. We get diagnosed with cancer. Many people are diagnosed. Is, is cancer an attack from the enemy no cancer is a result of living in a fallen world in that way the enemy is the prince of it but is it an all-out attack you know I felt like mine was because of the timing of it and how it came about so then a month later almost to the day or two months later our church sitting in the middle of middle Tennessee torrential rainfalls came that spring it was actually the uh the date of that was just a few days ago and our church was flooded to the tune of like $280,000 of damage to our building, four feet of water in our worship center. And we're like, my word, you know, here I've been diagnosed cancer, the church was flooded. Two weeks after that, our oldest daughter just graduated from high school. Um, 
leaves us, which was totally, why would she do that? And goes to live with her, with her boyfriend that we were just hoping we could hurry up and get her off to college. So that could be over. So (laughs) three, bam, bam, bam. So that I'm telling those as a, for instance of that, man, and stuff is happening. It's coming. It's stuff, but where the battle was, and, and you've heard Joyce Meyer say this, the battle's in your mind. Mm-hmm. So the battle's in the processing of all this and what's going on and what are you going to do with it? And um, so those are for some, for instances of specific battles that we, that we face. And, and we continue to face those battles, Jackie, just on an everyday uh, basis. And I think what you said in the beginning, uh, and just introducing what we're doing here is that that sometimes we don't deal with the the fact of spiritual warfare because we are afraid of it. There's great fear in that, but perfect love casts out fear and God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And the best way that the enemy can, can cause us to not deal with spiritual warfare is to either lull us into complacency where it's not that big a deal, number one, or number two, there is, and we've, we've laughed about this, that there's a devil behind every bush. No, there's not. But what I would say, and I said to you earlier, he's not hiding behind a bush. He doesn't have to hide. Mm, He's been given a dominion here. And we see that in Job when, uh, he comes strolling in on one day when the sons of God are meeting in the throne room in walks Satan himself. And as he comes to walk in there, God says to him, have you considered my servant Job? Mm -hmm. And so there's always parameters. We have to remember there's always parameters. When illness comes to us, when rebellion and things that seem out of our control, there's always, sometimes it's because of a conversation in heaven. I know we don't want to hear that as, as leadership, but if you look at the whole counsel of God's word, he reigns on the righteous and the unrighteous. And this is his domain until Jesus comes and takes his church out. So why would we, I think there's a fallacy in the Christian world and and maybe even in my denomination that if we educate ourselves enough and have all the right theology, then the devil won't bother us. Mm. If we do every single thing right and we're obedient to the point of legalism, like a Pharisee, then the devil won't bother you. Or if you live a blessed life, then we're not going to... If you have everything coming your way and everything looks good, then the devil's not bothering you. But that's just not reality. Life is hard for all of us. And how we respond to the ebb and flow of the intensity of hardship in our life. Now, I do believe, like Leanne, is the moment mm-hmm. that we begin to teach on this, the moment that we begin to uh, to speak and teach and inform and prepare and disciple those people around us that he puts in our path, that is the moment the enemy says, oh, ha, ha, ho, wait, 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 let me, let me come in and stir the pot. And um, I won't go into where my husband and I, there is something that happens almost every time that there's a major attack coming. We have, a, mm-hmm. we have something that happens that is, has been continuous for over 37 years. Well, we've been married for 37 years and almost immediately within just a couple of years of those 37 years, we had an instance happen uh, when we were about to walk into our very first encounter with spiritual warfare, which was a doozy. And uh, it was the far extreme, but God was preparing us 
for a way uh, of doing what we're doing now so that we would be out of our little box, our denomination box on understanding spiritual warfare and that we needed to walk in uh, a place that he would realize that we would realize and be uh, willing to learn. I, I love Billy Graham's quote. Is it okay if I quote that right yeah, now? Yeah, you Lynn? go ahead, throw it out there. We live in a perpetual battlefield. The wars among the nations on earth are mere pop gun affairs compared to the fierceness of battle in the spiritual unseen world. This invisible spiritual conflict is waged around us incessantly and unremittingly. Where the Lord works, Satan's forces hinder God's work. Where angels bring uh, beings carry out divine directives, the devils rage. All this comes about because the powers of darkness press their counterattack to recapture the ground held for the glory of God. And man, is that not just what you just wow. said, Leah? Yeah, that's right. That's that, right. that all things that are happening, even in the book of Job, I think that we see that, that even in the midst of that hardship, God knew Job better than he knew himself. Yes. And the, yes. the story of his life that unfolded, he knew Job's wife better than she knew herself. Yeah. Uh, the thing that was different about Job's wife and us, ladies, is that she did not have the revealed word of God. Mm -hmm. She did not have the Holy Spirit to help her power through, to, to and give her the strength to, to keep on keeping on. But we do. Yeah. And so those are, we can unpack those, uh, those tools later on in our podcast and our series, but uh, it is that for our good, God is always going to be working and he will always put a parameter and a chain on us, a chain on the enemy, unless we are in direct rebellion or sin yeah. or not willing to let God do his work. And I want to um, encourage our, our listeners, because you may even be sitting there right now and thinking, you know what, I turned this on, I was kind of interested, but daggum, they're starting to talk about how things will escalate, and get big. So I think I'll just turn this yeah. off and I'm not going to do it. I can't tell you how many people have bought my book and they said, I read the introduction and I decided I'm just not ready to read that book because of what might happen in my life if I do. Well, one of the, what I want to tell you is what Neil Anderson said to me. And Neil Anderson is a guy who's been out um, in the world with a tremendous ministry for many years called Freedom in Christ Ministries. And uh, he was having lunch with my husband and I one time. And he said, Neil Anderson, if you've ever gotten to meet him, he's just a genius of a guy. He's like Diane's husband, Preston. Like it's just these professor kind of pastor guys are just like the best. And he was... <laughs> when you sit with them and you hear them talk, you're like hanging on every word because they, they don't preach their sermon like points. They just kind of meandering like watershed, these huge, amazing, like truths. And so he said to Tom and I, he goes, wouldn't it make sense that we worship that, which we fear the most. Mm -hmm. And I thought, okay, wait a minute, let me think. And I had already had in my heart that I needed to begin to put, like, it's one thing to go out and teach, but it's another thing if you're going to put it in writing and then put it in a book and then have your name on it, have it published and it's out there. Like, that's more like a tattoo, not just a little, you know, marker on your hand. 
And I had known that in, and Diane and I both come from the Southern Baptist denominational background and that in our world, no one had ever taught about spiritual warfare, but as a pastor's wife, I had realized pretty quick in the ministry that there was something going on here that wasn't quite right. I can tell y'all a little story about that later, but anyway, like it was not quite right. (laughs) And when I began to dig, I was like, oh my goodness, we have an enemy that is, he's out Mm -hmm. to get us. And so Mm -hmm. that's how I began to develop this, you know, platform to teach about this enemy. Cause I was like, well, I can fight him much better if I'm a little more aware of what's going on and just understand how he works and how he functions. And so that's where it began. But when Neil Anderson said that I was not to a point yet where I was bold enough or had enough courage to actually put what I'd been teaching into writing because I was afraid. I was afraid what might happen, you know, if I actually got out there and said it, because the devil loves to work. And let me say this, the battle is much more in the shadow land, not in the Mm. reality land, because what Diane just said is God puts a chain on him. So he can only do what we, what God has already allowed to happen. As hard as that is, God will always have great, redemptive, amazing benefit for us our good his glory in in what goes on in this world but what the devil does is try to make you build it up bigger than it is or make it worse than it is I'll tell you one thing my daughter bless her I'll talk about her far too much but that boyfriend she had he's just a kid I mean Jackie you and I had a whole podcast about but he was just a kid but in my mind how the devil built him He was like the three-headed monster. You know, I was terrified of him. Mm -hmm. I was terrified of what he was going to do to me, what he was going to do to my life, what he did, you know, and is, and now I see him, my goodness, he always was just a mere man who probably needed a mama to either give him a hug or a spanking. I'm not sure which, but that was, maybe both, maybe both, maybe definitely, but, um, (laughs) but I don't know. I guess I just am saying that, uh, to our listeners, (laughs) Y'all hang in there and listen, because the devil wants you to think, oh, dear, what's going to happen to me if I get involved in this? I'll tell you what's going to happen to you. You're going to get smart. You're going to get savvy. You're going to be able to hone in on the skills it takes to overcome these attacks. And you're going to start pressing forward the kingdom and advancing the kingdom and not be so turned upside down and inside out every time the devil chooses to just wag his finger in your face. So exactly. I just, um, you can tell I get a little, little battle, battle charge going in. in we there. are, we're kind of like warrior women, you know, yeah, we want to muster the troops. <laughs> right. What do you think, Jackie? You think we got a little bit of warrior women going on? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. There, I wish I could remember the Psalm right now. I left my Bible in the other room, but there's yeah. this Psalm where it, it p- portrays God. He's coming on the clouds. Like he's coming like in yeah. thunder and you're yeah. like, dude this is like a marvel yeah. movie <laughs> right. i mean he yeah. is a, he's the superhero of superheroes i mean yeah. he he yeah. and he has empowered us with that same authority we have that right it's amazing i had yeah. a great thought i don't know what happened to That's it it good. left because i started thinking about god as a superhero but um, <laughs> <laughs> he is a superhero but uh, oh it. it's i mean all of these <laughs> things that happen to us it it's you know, it's spiritual exercise, just the way physical exercise builds up our muscles, which I've heard from other people. I can't say I've experienced it, but I know when you physically exercise, it builds your muscles and this spiritual warfare is exercise. (laughs) It builds up your spiritual muscles Yeah, and people start to take notice 
when mm-hmm. they, they see, uh, when they see you go through something and they see you come out on the other side, proclaiming God's goodness, God's faithfulness, God's power over it all. It speaks a message to them. So it's, it's for our good, God's glory. And it's to help other people who are in the same situation, because once we've conquered that, we've got a story. And then as we share that, and it's, it's amazing to me, the things that have happened to me in, in a spiritual warfare type thing. And then always God brings somebody into my life. And it's not a coincidence that they are experiencing a very similar situation. So that's a, that's, that's a positive when it comes to the spiritual warfare, it's not scary. It is for our good. And, and when I think now, after so many years of being a believer, where I came from, where I started my, when I first got married, I was experiencing depression and I was paralyzed, not physically, but just, I couldn't Mm -hmm. move. I didn't, I didn't recognize, I didn't know that that was spiritual warfare at the time. Mm-hmm. I'd never heard of it, mm-hmm. never mm-hmm. knew that this was a thing. I just knew I felt terrible and I didn't want to, I didn't want to do anything. And I stayed in the bed all the time. Now, when mm-hmm. I look back, it, it was spiritual warfare, uh, um, a revelation of spiritual warfare of me realizing, wait a minute, this is not who God, I don't have to be like this. I don't have to settle for this. This is what the enemy's mm-hmm. doing and I'm not taking it anymore. And that was uh, a life-changing moment when I was 26 years old that wow. has, carried on. And I have been able to share that story and help people to see this is, this is sure. It could be a chemical imbalance in your life. It could Mm -hmm. be a medical reason, but the enemy is he's, he's working in this. And let me tell you, there's victory. There's an opportunity. There's where the opportunity lies. And, and oftentimes I will say, it's not that we don't have physical ailments. We don't have mental Mm -hmm. illness. We don't have chemical imbalances. We don't have woundedness created by other sinful people, because one of the things that I've been working through and contemplating uh, over the last several months is that all of us have a will. We have a free will and God will not uh, impose his perfect will on others free will. So sometimes people who sin against us, just like that guy, that, that boy that needed a mama and maybe needed a spanking or whatever, he had a will. He could choose whether or not he was going to receive what you were offering him as truth or do the right thing or do the wrong thing. We all get to choose to be participating with things of the Lord or to choose against him. And the battle comes when we have to maybe in this, and the spiritual warfare comes uh, in the area where someone else has given the, the devil either a great opportunity in their lives, and maybe we're we're suffering the consequences of their decisions. Yeah. But even in that, you and I have a decision to. I like to say, uh, I think it. Uh, not to disagree with you, Jackie, but I do think it is scary for some folks. And right. I that mm-hmm. real real, and I don't think we're disagreeing. I just think that. I come from the farm and there um, I was taught to fear a rattlesnake or any poisonous snake. Mm -hmm. And there's a fear that is a healthy fear that we understand the devil can kill me. He can kill Mm -hmm. me physically, but he has to go through several things. One of the major things is the Lord to get to it. And he can only have free access to me is if I am if I'm just saying, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to believe what I want to believe. I'm going to do, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do what Jesus wants me to do. So I, I think that we have to, this, this series for me and for Leanne is all about not, don't stop listening, 
But reality is there is a spiritual war going around you and you cannot fight a battle by ignoring it. You, you will be killed, right? You cannot, you, you have to get prepared for the battle because it's Mm -hmm. not going to, a skirmish might be a little skirmish now, but it's not going to get any better. Mm -hmm. It's going to get worse. So you can ignore it all day long Mm -hmm. and you can stick your head in the sand and hide away and think that nobody's going to mess you with. That's just not going to happen. Especially for those of us that we're speaking to in ministry or leadership or prayer. I mean, Mm -hmm. hello, he's Mm -hmm. he's going to shut you down and he's Mm -hmm. not going to let you do it. Uh, He's not going to want you to engage in the battle or to even learn how to battle him well, because he knows the moment that you get yourself up and gird yourself with the armor of God and understand the reality in which you're walking in, the battle is lost. That's right. Because we become a force, right? Because we become a force to be reckoned with, you know, and that's the biggest thing. If he can keep us, all he needs to do is just keep us beat down and focused on ourselves and our circumstances and, um, and mostly forgetting that God loves us, like God cherishes us. He, he's, mm-hmm. he loves us so much. Mm-hmm. And, he, and, and Satan loves to even use that. You know, he'll use that. He'll say, well, if God loves you so much, mm-hmm. then why is he letting this happen? Absolutely. And, and I get, oh boy, it just, and it is the same as what he did with Eve in Genesis chapter three. You know, look at that tree. I mean, my goodness, if God weren't holding out on you, you could have that tree too. And, you know, they already had every other tree in the whole cotton picking garden, you know, like it was only that one that was off limits, but all he had to do was try to get her to look at what God wasn't giving. And he still works that same way. He's like, it's two lies. One is God's holding out on you. He loves, if he loves you so much, then, then why is your child doing that? Why did they walk away from the faith? Why are they not trusting God? You know, whatever the pain is, why did your test come back? You know what used to bother me? <laughs> and it really shouldn't. It really, it really shouldn't. But when people would post on their social media, oh, praise God, the test came back negative. And I think that is a praise God. Praise God. A lot of times the tests come back negative. But I was like, wow, well, then where does that leave me? You know? Right. I mean, honestly, what I did by the power of the Holy Spirit was praise God, the test came back positive because for whatever this is, it's for the glory of God. I know it is. And, you know, but we have to be careful that we begin to interpret God's goodness based on how easy our life is. And the devil loves it when we do that, because if we can just say, oh, well, mm-hmm. if God loves you, then everything's going to be fine. But if God, if everything's not fine, then the flip side of that is, well, God must not love you. Or maybe he loves her, but he doesn't love you. And I have to confess, I still get caught up in that. Like I go to somebody else's kid's wedding and then I get all jealous because, you know, they actually like their son-in-law and, you know, I may not or whatever. (laughs) I can't say those things out loud. (laughs) I'm just saying it's hard. But you, you have to be careful. We might need to, to edit that out. I know that <laughs> might have to come out. But um, 
I also think about the disciples when Peter was being reconciled to Jesus, you know, after uh, there's a whole story and all of that about the charcoal fire and the, the fish, Jesus was cooking over the charcoal fire yeah. and, and he was giving Peter the opportunity to really have his relationship restored and his commission reinforced. It was Jesus's opportunity to say, Peter, you are still the man, you know, after mm -hmm. he understood and had that opportunity. But Peter turned around and looked over there at John and said, well, what about him? And, and you know, it's such our nature. And I do that, too. And you know, we're talking to mostly pastors wives in this collaborative effort and um, and other women as well. But the us as pastors wives, aren't we terrible about that? Like we see somebody else as a pastor's wife. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I like, look at her kids. I'm thinking, wow, like, you know, look at that or, or their church, you know, and I'm like, gum, you know, they just moved into this big new building or, you know, whatever it is. And we tend to look around, but remember what Jesus said, he said, you don't worry about him. I'm talking about you. And we Absolutely. also have to understand that, that God's, God's purpose is planning our life and these battles that we face. It's about, it's about me and God. It's about us. It's about our intimacy. It's about our coming together. It's about, it's about us, you know, walking out the good and winning the good fight God gave me to win. Not worrying about the kind of fight you're fighting or the kind of fight you're fighting, you know, as my, I mean, being an encourager to you, but not, not having to compare myself to everybody else. Mm, that's so good. So good. There's, there's so much to this topic. And I know one of the things that's really helped me is having people around me to sometimes I just need to be say, yeah, you are in You're seriously, this is spiritual warfare. Yeah. It's not, you're not just making this up in your mind. And then other times okay. I need somebody to say, um, you just need to get a hold of yourself because this is not spiritual warfare. <laughs> right. Stop trying to blame it on the devil. Yeah, but I think it is so important. So I love that yeah. this series is going out because yeah. get your friends to listen to it. And then right. you can be um, uh, educated right. together so you can watch out for each other. Cause I think that's so, so yeah. important right there. Um, I mean, I, I, and I love Peter. I love Peter. If he's, yeah. if he's an example of spiritual warfare going on a whole tug of war through the whole yeah. gospels, you see that happening and right. what a testimony he is. Yeah. Well, I think For that sure. we have to identify the, as we admit the reality of spiritual warfare, and that's really what this podcast is all about as we get ready to launch into the next, um, just having five smooth stones to arsenal in our belt, besides the armor of God, just those five smooth stones that we're going to talk about as we get ready to close out here in just a little bit. But second uh, Corinthians 10, three through five says that for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses and we're destroying every speculation and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Mm -hmm. And it's really, good. I think that all of us, uh, all three of us on the, in this series, want to be able to give you, our listeners, tools and your tool belt and tools, mm -hmm. uh, five smooth stones, the yeah. armor of God and then weapons, weaponry, and some, maybe some things to fall back on as you admit the reality of spiritual warfare, then understanding mm -hmm. how we walk in the flesh. Yeah, we got to live here. 
We're not yeah. going to wage the war like everybody else that doesn't have Jesus, doesn't have the spirit of God, doesn't have yeah. the word of God. We don't want you to continue to be uh, what I call rolled by the enemy where he separates you and then rolls you, rolls your family, separates your ministry, shuts down your mm. business. We don't want that to happen any longer. And we want you to, mm-hmm. to, as you admit it, what I call stepping into it and understanding the validity of it, the reality of it, that we understand a quote that my husband uses, um, spiritual activity breeds spiritual activity. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That if God is doing a work in your life and God desires to allow some stuff to come to the surface so you can clean it out and you can be, give more glory to him, or you've got an instant, uh, a situation, maybe if you're a leader in your church, you're a ministry wife, or you're a prayer leader, that God is moving, that spiritual activity sends a supernatural alert to the enemy. And so he's going to be trying to do everything he can to distract you. So wouldn't you want to be prepared for Mm -hmm. that? Wouldn't you know how to pray? Wouldn't you want to know what the word says about that? Wouldn't you want to say, uh, no, this ground is off limits Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or knowing how to pray and to gather others around you of like-mindedness who are going to pray the same way. Wouldn't you like to stop his influence and not allow him to have any more ground? And first of all, your own life, your family's life, um, or your, your church's life or the area of which you, I mean, isn't that what we want? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm a woman of God. What we want to be able to say is I'm a woman of God. I've got five smooth stones and I know how to use them. You know, the whole setup for the five smooth stones is the, the story of David when he faced Goliath. And what I realized in unpacking first Samuel chapter 17 is David went and he was just a boy he was a shepherd boy he was probably a teenager and he went to go check on his brothers because his dad wanted him to bring back word of their welfare and so when he went to check on them literally the whole entire Israelite army was sitting in the camp terrified because of one giant And if you read 1 Samuel chapter 17, you understand how terrified they were because they have a very uh, specific description of this giant. They talk about how heavy the head of his sword is. They talk about the armor that he had on, how tall he was. And they had it down to the minute. Like they had had studied their enemy. They knew exactly what he looked like and what he was. And because of that, they were intimidated. He heckled them. He ridiculed them. He, He talked to them about what they were not. You are not capable of this. And he separated them from their understanding of their relationship with God. And they were being led by a king who also often forgot who he was in God's sight and in his own strength Mm -hmm. and in our own strength, we have no power against any supernatural enemy at all. And so in their own strength, Goliath would have certainly um, won the, the singular battle and then annihilated the Israelite army. But when David showed up, the way I see it is the suddenly Satan, who was also on the battlefield, having a heyday, just like I believe he's having a heyday today with our churches, because he has caused us to forget the amazing, loving relationship we have with God Almighty. And he's got us right here where he wants us, circled up around our little campfire singing 
you know, kumbaya until we're all just putting each other to bed while the enemy is running rampant in our culture. And when we do peek out the doors of our churches, all we do is talk about how bad it is. We mm-hmm. talk about how, how horrible things mm-hmm. are and how much out of control it is and how we shake our heads and don't know what we do. So we turn back around and go into our conferences and our conventions and our, you know, study groups and our podcasts and all that stuff. And, and we're just sitting around. But when David showed up, he took one look at Goliath. He took one look at the army. He didn't get distracted by how all that should not be. Something was not quite right that day. And I believe that Satan immediately went after David because Satan saw that he had the whole Israelite army where he wanted them. But there was this one boy that actually knew Goliath was still smaller than God. Hmm. And so Satan goes after David. And when he goes after David, his brother ridicules him. He publicly humiliates him. The king tries to talk him into doing things the world's way. Like all these attacks came to David to get him distracted from facing Goliath because Satan knew that if David were to take on Goliath, David was definitely going to win because Satan knew that David knew God was the victor that day. (laughs) and so that's all we it's a it's all in our like we are we are women we are the wives we aren't on the we're not on the platform every Sunday I mean you and I Jackie get to be on Mother's Day which this is being uh, recorded ahead of that but (laughs) you know it's not our day it's not our our thing to shine but we can be as victorious as influential in the kingdom as able to take the current Goliath of our culture down as David was that day and what I love is he, he walked off by himself after all those attacks from the, Satan to stop him from facing Goliath. He goes off by himself to that empty riverbed and he starts collecting those stones. And, um, and that's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do throughout this, this series of podcasts is we're going to go to that riverbed and we're going to collect those five smooth stones And then we're going to understand just how powerful those weapons are, those weapons that Diana reminded us are divine weapons with the power to demolish strongholds. And uh, we're going to identify each one of those. And then we're going to understand which stone to pull out of our bag with and how to hurl it in a way that it'll take not just one giant down, but multiple giants down. And, um, you know, as I'm sharing that, I'm thinking about all the little battles that come my way just to distract me from the real battlefield. But our world, our in our nation today, we're not fighting an enemy from without, we're fighting an enemy from within. Yesterday, um, this is the day after the National Day of Prayer when we're filming this uh, or recording this. And uh, as part of our National Day of Prayer, my husband and I reminded our people in our prayer meeting that several times and we didn't even count obviously all of them but several times divine providence the literal hand of god gave americans victory over our enemies in on the battlefield through fog for george washington through the letting up of the rain for general george patton for the creation of a of a uh, rain storm in the gulf war in the early 90s and Every one of these times, these military leaders are giving all the glory to God, even General Patton, who wasn't necessarily a a Christ follower. But every one of them are are giving glory to God because God did that. And it suddenly struck me that just because the enemy is inside of us doesn't mean that God's not capable of still giving divine providential intervention to give us victory. 
I think what we have to understand as women of God in the world today is that God preordained that we would be here, that we would be here now, and that we have been handpicked by the Lord God Almighty to know by experience what love does. And the enemy is rampant. He's messing with us. He's chomping at our heels, but our savior has crushed him. And we then can focus our prayer and our attention on taking out the enemy that is trying to take us out, down in our culture, in our nation. And, um, and it can be done. And it's not just the nation. It's the, really the kingdom, the kingdom advance in the entire world. So. Shoo, that was good. Proof, that's, that's a lot. <laughs> that's, that's, such, that's such hope for what so yeah. many people who are listening to this right now are facing. So much hope because yeah. we can't possibly even imagine what some of the ladies that are listening to this are going through, what their families that's are true. going through. And I know you've just given them huge hope. So before we wrap up this first amazing um, <laughs> sessions um, episode, whatever we're doing here, <laughs> whatever it is we're doing. <laughs> um, what do you have any last thoughts, Diane comments? Well, I was just going to think, say that when we give him an opportunity, he's a squatter. Satan is a squatter. And, um, when we give him an opportunity, he's going to come in and he himself will not uh, necessarily come to us, but he'll send an emissary, uh, to us to continue to make us think that, that you're on the wrong path or that it's just oppression. Um, I don't believe that scripture teaches that a a truly born again, Christian can be possessed by the enemy, but I certainly know that we can be oppressed by the enemy and he presses us down. He takes great delight and opportunity to keep us distracted from kingdom business And we in the American church really have believed some uh, falsehoods about that. Uh, Number one, some of us don't even pay attention to spiritual warfare, but we, we deal with the fact that we don't know, or we don't think that the devil's really going to bother us if we're doing everything right. And we've, Mm. we've talked about that. We've, we've spoken about that. And so my point, and as we're closing out is that, we have got to understand that in the world we're living in today, you just said it, Jackie, there are so many, we have no idea how or who we'll be, ta- who we'll be talking to or how they're being uh, attacked or what they might be feeling during these days in which we're living. And I need us to, and I want to encourage us to not take on the idea of spiritual warfare and the five smooth stones that like a remedy, like you are going to do one, two, three, four, and five and live in all of them. It's going to be perfect. Not, that's just not the case. Mm. It it just might not happen. It might be that God has called you to put on your armor and be like some of, uh, I was just reading yesterday from a report uh, from Africa, from a ministry that's there and they're serving in places where every single day they could die for their faith. And yet they're joyful. I mean, when you were speaking just a few moments ago about, uh, Leanne, about just how people are responding, how we respond, we just focus on the bad and the negative. Mm-hmm. We, we, we um, measure the level of spiritual warfare and our walk with the Lord by whether or not things are going well in our lives or not. Right. In America, that's what we do. But in foreign countries, they understand that when they ask Christ in their heart for many of our 
our, our sisters and brothers in Christ in other countries, they understand when they receive Christ as their savior, it could be their death sentence. So I have a friend that was telling a story about a, a pastor in a place where we can't even tell you, I cannot tell you where he's serving um, even because I, I wouldn't want anyone to, I mean, my friend doesn't even go by his real name, but he asked this pastor on a Sunday morning as he was getting on his motorcycle to go and preach at several churches he was preaching on with joy in his heart. He said, can I go with you? Can I go with you? And my friend said that pastor looked back at him as he was putting, it, putting his leg over the motorcycle seat and said, yes, but I can't promise you that today you'll come back alive. Wow. So when we're thinking about spiritual warfare in the American church, we want to put all of these, like we want to put our hooks on all these kind of things about if you do this, then this spiritual warfare won't happen to you. If you do this, then this won't happen to you. That's not what we're talking about. We want to give you the resources to rely on things that we know from scripture have proven to be real, but to also understand you're already living in the battle. It's whether or not you're fighting well, if you're doing everything you can as a good soldier to be ready to advance the kingdom in the midst of your warfare and to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. I love one of the books yeah, that Neil Anderson good. wrote. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'm just going to refer to it real quick because it's such the bondage breaker, mm -hmm. overcoming mm -hmm. negative thoughts, irrational mm -hmm. feelings, and, um, and feeling habitual or irrational feelings and habitual sins. And some of us need to take a good read and a good look at that, as well as what we're dealing with, with spiritual warfare, because the reality is we're going to, we've got to break the bondage of our negative thoughts. Right. got to break the bondage of our religious thought mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. religion Good. versus a real relationship of intimacy with the father, which means that sometimes the battle is going to be intense. Yes. And yeah. these, all three of us on this podcast yeah. could give testimony after testimony after testimony of spiritual warfare in our lives and the victory we've walked in and sometimes the yeah. defeat that has happened. But in yeah. the midst of all of that, ladies, listen, listen, listen to me. We want you to be able to walk in your dominion in the yeah. place where God has got you to walk, not dominion you've created, but dominion yeah. that Jesus has given you where he has placed you, where you're doing ministry, where you're doing life, where you're raising your children. We want to give you the tools to be able to withstand the onslaught of a defeated foe that wants to tell you that he hasn't been defeated, but he yeah. has. And we're going to unpack that as well in our last session, just yeah. closing out how he's already defeated. Let's live like it. Okay. So good. So good. I, I know this has whetted the appetites of everybody that's been listening and they cannot wait. There are more sessions to come, more episodes. Mm. I don't know why I keep wanting to say sessions. There's I don't more, even know what we call them. Whatever we're doing here, <laughs> this collaborative project, we've got so such much a good word. God has such a good word for you and it's going to empower you to walk in the authority that he's given you. So we don't want you to miss the next one. So make sure you're back next week for the next episode. Good job.
Thank you for listening today to the Five Smooth Stones introduction. I hope that you will share this with friends and get some others involved. And then you guys can chat together about what it is that we're unpacking, Diane and Jackie and I, together throughout this summer. It's so important to to stay connected with prayer partners, with partners in this battle. We're meant to fight it together and not alone. So I just want to remind you one more time to go to prayerclinic.com so that you can sign up for the webinar coming up next Thursday, June 24 at noon. Also, if this is the first time for you to be listening to the Prayer Clinic podcast, I want to encourage you to go to my website, find out more about the Prayer Clinic ministry, and then also join our community. I send emails out on a consistent basis, just giving you ideas of ways that you can increase the culture of prayer in your church. And I would love to be able to come alongside you and do what we can do to really get our churches to become the houses of prayer that Jesus wants them to be. So looking forward to um, being with you in our next episode as we continue unpacking the five smooth stones.